Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Happy Friday or Saturday morning, if you're listening Saturday morning. We got the professor, Nate Jacobson, Ben Wittenstein with you talking everything for the weekend for your bets. You can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. Nate, how you doing? You ready to make some picks? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Ready for Friday pick episode. I know we are recording this on a Thursday, so some picks might change, lines might change. If they do, we'll indicate that on Twitter. Hopefully nothing too crazy happens, though, in the middle of the night, and we'll have up-to-date lines to give you guys and some picks for this weekend with Saturday college football and Sunday NFL. Yep, hopefully nothing uh, nothing drastic happens that makes this 30-minute episode or so just completely worthless. That would never be ideal. But let's get into the weather report then, because we're going to look at around the country for some weather that may be impacting some of the game totals. The weather outside is weather. Um, what have you got for this weekend? It's going to be a bit of a, a chilly weekend around the country for the most part this week. Yeah, some cold weather just to kind of keep an eye out for this weekend. Is It's Big Ten weather, November. I think we've been Love talking it. about the potential of Big Ten weather for pretty long time, honestly, but I feel like this is true Big Ten weather where we're going to have some weather in the 40s, maybe some 30s, like a game at Wisconsin against Northwestern, probably not a game you're going to want to bet on, but just some things to monitor there, like Penn State hosting Michigan. It's going to be some cold weather there. So that's what's going on Saturday, just some cold weather around the country. On Sunday in Pittsburgh, there's a chance of rain, which could impact the first half under, and maybe one of the reasons why we're going first half under in the brunch time winter that we'll share at the end of the episode between the Lions and Steelers. And then I guess one of the marquee games of Sunday is Seahawks at Packers, and there's still a lot to determine in terms of who's going to play quarterback for Green Bay and how healthy Russell Wilson is in his return from the injured reserve list. But there'll be a cold day in Green Bay, weather in the 30s. It's also a late afternoon kick, 325 start. So the sun will go down probably around halftime, which means it'd be a little colder. I think there was a report earlier in this week there could have been some snow. It doesn't look like that at the moment, but you never know with snow and precipitation, especially in that part of the country. But it looks like it's going to be a chilly one in Green Bay, which makes me wonder, Russell Wilson coming back from a finger injury, if he's not 100%, if there's any chance he can maybe re-aggravate it just because he'll be carrying a, a harder, colder football. And I don't think that's ideal coming off a injured uh, throwing hand finger injury with his middle finger that he needed surgery on about a month ago. Yeah, that that's going to be a game to monitor, too, because you have to make sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be good to go and what that's going to affect the spread, too. All right, let's get on to some college football lines. Let's get into some of these picks, Nate, uh, because we have actually a good amount of 
of college football picks, and I can start out with my college football best bet, one of my college football best bets, and that is the Michigan Wolverines, the maize and blue, going to Happy Valley, playing Penn State, a 12 p.m. Eastern time start, day game for them. I think they're going to win this one. I'm going to take their money line as my college football best bet. I think they have shown that they are not just a one-dimensional offense anymore. Their passing game has come alive seemingly in the past couple of weeks. I think they, uh, statistics-wise, they have passed more yards than they have run the past couple games, or as beginning of the season, they were running a lot more. Their running yards was a lot more than their passing yards. So they are becoming more of a balanced team that I think uh, Jim Harbaugh has expected them to become. And I just I like their chances against a Penn State team whose offense has been up and down all season. I know Sean Clifford is seemingly healthy back from what an injury uh, back from an injury that he had a couple weeks ago, he looked healthy last week. So I just think this is this is Michigan's game to lose, and that could be a tough situation for Jim Harbaugh, who tech you know he loses games where it's their game to lose. But I believe in Michigan this year. This seems like the year where they have everything locked in, they have everything ready to go, and I don't think playing on the road in Happy Valley in the day is is too much of a swing for them. Yeah, I have an opposite opinion on this game, Ben. I actually like Penn State plus the one. Fight. I feel like Penn State just hasn't gotten much respect from the college football playoff committee and that they're going to use that as motivation in this game. I mean, Penn State, just looking back week six of the college football season, they were a one or the ranked fourth team in the AP poll. They were going to number three Iowa and it was a game they lost and largely because of Sean Clifford, the quarterback for Penn State, got injured. So if he doesn't get injured in that game, and he, they probably beat Illinois if he's not injured, then they're probably just a one-loss team with that loss against Ohio State, and they're in the top ten of the college football playoff ranking. So if Clifford isn't hurt, and now he's back and seemingly healthy, I think this point spread would look a lot different. And then on the Michigan side, in terms of injuries, Cade McNamara is banged up. Jim Harbaugh talked about how he's going to play, but I, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. doesn't sound like he will. And then last week against Indiana, running back Blake Corum, who's such an important part of that two-headed uh, duo that they have with him and Haskins at running back, he was in a walking boot, so he has a foot injury. And if he's not a full go, then I think Michigan might have a little bit of struggles running the football against a Penn State rush defense that – at their best, is a very strong unit. So I think Michigan could have some trouble here, especially with the added pressure of now being ranked sixth in the college football playoff rankings in a controversial move by the committee, pushing them over Michigan State, even though two weeks ago Michigan State did beat Michigan on the field. Nate, it doesn't feel good for me to bet on Harbaugh in a game where he's going on the road. It's a big game. It's a game that's going to affect Michigan's future this season. He's never great in those games, but there's just something about this Michigan team this season that I don't feel as bad betting on them now as I would have in years past. Um, and this is, I mean, this is where we're going to see if they're truly the, the contender everyone thinks they are. This is going to be the game that they either make believers out of people or they show themselves to be frauds. So it's tough betting on Harbaugh when Michigan may show themselves to be a fraud in a game like this, but I, I just believe in the offense and I think that defense is solid enough even on the road. And I put it in the article at watchstadium.com where, you know, a lot of teams come into Happy Valley and they're not used to playing in front of a hundred thousand screaming fans and hostile environment, but, Michigan's a little bit of a different team. They've, they come from the big house. They've played in front of hundreds of thousands of fans. Now, it's home teams, hundreds of thousands of fans, so it's a little different, but the scope and magnitude of the stadium, the situation, I don't think is going to be too big of an issue for Michigan. But 
it is good to see that uh, we actually have some disagreements on the podcast sometimes with the bets, considering we go uh, we go similar a lot. All right, Nate, I will go to my second best bet for college football, and that is the Purdue Boilermakers as they take on Ohio State in the shoe. I don't know about the full game spread. It's about 21. You can find a couple 21 and a halfs out there. I'm a little cautious for full game spread, but what I do really like, and another one I put in the article, was Purdue plus 12 and a half, first half spread. I think Purdue is a good enough team to run with the Buckeyes for at least one half. Their first half stats for both of these teams are pretty good. Purdue is a top 15 team first half scoring. Um, Ohio State obviously has done a tremendous job. I think it's like 25 points a game in the first half for Ohio State, and Purdue is – a little behind them at about 15 or so, but I, I do think this is a Boilermaker team that can stick with them for at least a half. And I talked about it on Wednesday where I think this is a game where it stays close for a half, maybe a half and a quarter, and, and then Ohio State breaks it open. So I don't love the full game spread, but I do really like Purdue sticking with Ohio State for the first half. So Purdue plus 12 and a half first half is the best bet for me. I'll stay in Big Ten country and go to a bet I have, and it's Minnesota plus four and a half against Iowa. I actually like Minnesota a little, quite a bit on the money line. I, I don't think the points are going to matter in this game. And Minnesota is coming off an embarrassing loss last week to Illinois. Even more embarrassing that it was a few days after they were ranked number 20 in the initial college football playoff rankings. And they also gave head coach P.J. Fleck a seven-year extension through 2028. So not the performance you want to see after kind of a big week for the program, losing to Illinois as 14.5-point favorites, and they only scored six points in the game. But Minnesota has had struggles at home before this season. They lost to Bowling Green as a 30-and-a-half-point favorite in Week 4. They go out the next week, and they beat Purdue in Purdue as an underdog. So this feels like a similar situation where they have a chance to right the ship off a bad loss. They're going on the road to Iowa, an Iowa offense that I don't trust at all to cover a number as a favorite. And Iowa is starting their backup quarterback, Alex Padilla, in this game. Spencer Petras is hurt. Padilla did take over against Northwestern, and he was okay, but they didn't cover at Northwestern at that big spread. So like Minnesota here to bounce back, especially in a game with a low total of 37.5, points are going to be at a premium, so that makes the underdog even more live. Row the boat, Nate. I, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm not going to make it a best bet, but I would, I'll would. i probably tell you for that one. I, I like Minnesota as an underdog, and you know I've liked Minnesota for a good portion of games this season. I just they, they are seemingly undervalued for some of these games. I know they've had their clunkers and their bad showouts, but you got to row the boat sometimes. And when they're four-and-a-half-point underdog, I think that's a great spot to get them. Uh, Oklahoma minus five-and-a-half, and this may surprise some people who listened uh, earlier this week to the podcast because I was very high on Baylor. But, Nate, you know, I'm willing to admit that I did a little more research, looked at the numbers, uh, put some numbers to the calculator, did some calculations, and – I think Oklahoma may be the right move in this game. This is not a best bet. I, I'm not confident enough to make it a best bet, but I do think Oklahoma should cover this spread. I, I like Baylor being at home. I think that's a pro for them, but I just their defense is um, it, it can be questionable for me. And I think Oklahoma off a of bye week uh, is is looking good. Um, I, I think they are going to get a chance to write their offense, get a chance to actually get some chemistry with the players going in and. Going on the road is going to be tough, and I think that's why the line's a little bit lower than what it might be. But 
I just think Oklahoma can overwhelm the Bears offensively and, and take advantage of uh, an average to sub-average Bears defense. Yeah, that's probably the way I lean. It's one of the big marquee matchups of the game, one that I'll definitely be tuned into, but I don't know if I'm going to have a bet on. Lastly, for me, for college football, the third bet I like this week, not best bet, but just they kind of equally like all these bets the same. They don't totally stick out as one of my favorite plays of the year. But I'm going to take Virginia at plus five and a half, hosting Notre Dame. There's a big question mark in this game about Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong, and if he's going to be able to play. He suffered a rib injury against BYU in week nine. But I was doing some soothing on Twitter, and Armstrong was at a grand opening of a burger restaurant in Charlottesville because of the NIL obligations that he has that he's able to do. And I have a feeling if he was truly injured and potentially going to miss a few games, he would have pulled out of that deal or that, you know, appearance and he wouldn't have gone to the event. So I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by some of the quotes he's had and the fact that it sounds like he's going to at least give it a go. He might not be at a hundred percent, which is a worry, but just having him out there, I think could really make the Virginia offense explosive against a Notre Dame defense that could be without star safety, Kyle Hamilton for another week. And I do have concerns about Notre Dame's offense in general, although they have played a little bit better this year and Virginia's defense isn't very good, but catching five and a half, if Armstrong's good to go, I'm going to bet it. And because of the, signs that i've seen on twitter through the nil stuff and the fact that the quotes say it looks like he will give it a shot i'll take the risk and probably bet virginia right now at plus five and a half because i think this line indicates that he will play so virginia plus five and a half if you really want to get wild ben i think you can back uh both Virginia and Minnesota on the money line and then pair them with Ooh. a third team that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show I like it. I, I like that you're sleuthing through through Twitter. You're the betting Sherlock Holmes of the show right now, just creeping on and, and making sure the bets are going to be working and, and seeing who's going where. Yeah, I was like a restaurant called Burger Go in Charlottesville. I don't know if it's a chain <laughs> restaurant around that area of the country, but I've never heard of it. But he was uh, he was there Sunday eating a burger and showing his face to the people of Virginia. And uh, I feel like that's a good sign, especially because he did he was interviewed. Uh, during that event and said that his ribs were feeling better uh, after the shot he took against BYU, which ended up being a crazy game. A final score was like 66 to 49, and there was like 80 points scored at halftime. So Virginia definitely does have the offense. Let's just hope Armstrong is able to play in this game. Let's go to our NFL picks of the week. My best bet, my only best bet for NFL Sunday, Nate, is a teaser, six-point teaser on two underdogs, the Browns and the Saints. So as of this recording, they're plus two and a half. Um, I would do this teaser as long as they are plus three or less, up to, you know, down to plus one and a half, plus one if you can. Um, but six-point teaser for the Browns and the Saints, so they're both going to end up being plus eight and a half. Um, we talked about the Saints earlier on in the week and how this is probably a pretty good number to be getting them. Um, especially since they just did not look good last week. So you're probably buying them uh, at a low point and the Titans are going to be at home and the Titans are going to be without Derrick Henry. And you just, they looked good last week against the Rams, but I I just don't know if that's going to be a continuing thing with them where they can stay consistently good without Derrick Henry. So you get the extra protection plus eight and a half with the saints and then plus eight and a half with the Cleveland Browns against the new England Patriots and the Patriots uh, beat up, 
on the Panthers last week, but the Browns are a different team and they looked really good offensively last week. And, and I have no reason to believe that they're not going to be good offensively this week. I don't know if they score for 40 points against the Patriots, but at least they showed they can keep up offensively. So again, we're giving ourselves that extra cushion plus eight and a half to the Browns plus eight and a half to the Saints is my best bet. Six point teaser. Yeah. So I actually like both sides and I would con- endorse that teaser, but I also am going to bet both teams straight up and not a best bet, just kind of an equal bet, just like the college bets that I had earlier. But Browns plus two and a half, when we talked about this game on Wednesday's show, it was one and a half, maybe even some two out there, but now it's two and a half across the board. I think it's because there's realization that the Browns offense without Nick Chubb, who tested positive for COVID and is a very strong doubt not to play in this game, that it definitely changes things for the Browns offense. But I actually like the Browns defense a lot in this game against Matt Jones, who didn't have to do too much against the Panthers. So I think the Browns are the better team. So getting a plus two and a half is a bet for me. And then in regards to the Saints, I do like this play at plus three. However, there is some doubt that Alvin Kamara is going to play in this game. He didn't practice on Thursday, so maybe he's a game-time decision. Maybe they rule him out Friday, and then the line adjusts. So I'm kind of waiting to see about that news for Kamara, but I I think it's good enough still to take the Saints at, at plus three. I don't know if the line is going to move too much without him, maybe like half a point off a key number. Uh, but in terms of the Titans selling high on Tennessee, they did look good last week, I guess, in terms of the scoreboard, but their offense without Derrick Henry, only 3.5 yards per play. So it was really the defense that carried them. I think the Titans offense might struggle in this game against a very stout Saints defense. So I like the Saints plus three. And then kind of in that theme of small underdogs that you could tease or you could bet straight up if they get to plus three the philadelphia eagles plus three at the denver broncos just think there's a lot of recency bias in this line with denver coming off that huge win shocking win against the dallas cowboys last week i could see a bit of a letdown for denver especially to look ahead the line for this game was broncos minus one and a half i think it's too much of adjustment to a key number of three so i'll take the eagles here i feel like i've taken the browns and eagles almost every week with mixed results, especially the Eagles, probably negative results, but I'll give the Eagles another chance here to cover the plus three in Denver. You have more patience than I do because I I cannot put money behind the Eagles. I just can't. They've done nothing good for me in my betting history this past uh, football season, and I just – you don't know what team you're going to get with them. You just – for me, at least, I I can't put my finger on them. I I don't really know what they're going to do week in and week out. You you probably feel like you have a better hold on them, so that's why you're betting them, and I I just I respect it, and I I just can't touch the Eagles. They're one of those teams where I am staying as far away as possible. Um, And we talked about that Saints-Tennessee game. I I have the over. I have the over 44 in that game. Now, if Kamara doesn't play, I think that will change my bet for the over-under. I'm going to make it a no bet if Kamara does not play, but I do like the over in this game. Saints and Tennessee both know how to score. Um, I don't really trust the Tennessee defense. They have shown they can be good in some situations, bad in others. Um, I just think this is a game where you can easily see a team score 27 points and another team score 24 points, 27-24 type of game. Um, I, I think it's a little bit too low of a number. Now, again, Kamara and the Kamara News, we're recording this on Thursday, so we don't know what that news is going to be. If he is out, that's not a bet for me, but I do like the over if he's going to be in for that Saints-Titans game. Yeah, I'm actually going to push back and disagree with you about that 
over at all. It's either under or past. Fight! This actually was in consideration for brunch time winner with the first half under uh, because we went with the Saints first half under last week. And you said that both teams can soar, but the Saints only had three points through three quarters at home against the Falcons and then finally pushed the ball down the field and scored 22 in the fourth quarter to make it kind of a misleading game in terms of points out output. And then I mentioned that the Titans, without Derrick Henry, their offense only had 3.5 yards per carry. And they're running in Adrian Peterson, who should not be in the league. They're running him just right into the line of scrimmage and trying to get like two to three yards. And that's not a good recipe for the over. Maybe towards the end of the game, the teams are more aggressive if it's tightly played. But I think that the under is the only way to look in this game. I can see this being a really ugly game, which is why I like the Saints at plus three, because I don't expect a lot of points. So capturing the key number three is vital in this game to make a bet on the Saints against the Titans. Look at that. We got two fights in one show. I think that's a record for us. Two opposite sides. So we'll see uh, when we come back next week who the uh, winner is for those. Um, We do have a listener best bet. Uh, Matt McCallie, a buddy of mine who listens to the podcast, he uh, was telling me he's going to try to put some money down on Billy Donovan, Coach of the Year. He was suggesting that we talk about it. I do like Billy Donovan for Coach of the Year for the Bulls. It's 9-1 to one right now at uh, the sportsbook that it is available at. And the one thing I would say for this, and I don't know if it's going to change the number that much, but with Vucevic being out because of COVID that was announced today, and if the Bulls start to go on a bit of a losing streak because he is out, I don't know how much that line is going to change for coach of the year, but maybe you want to get it right before he comes back and the Bulls hopefully will start winning at that point. But I do think having Billy Donovan with the way the Bulls are playing, Billy Donovan would be a great bet for coach of the year, along with Wes Unseld, the, the Wizards coach, who are sitting atop the Eastern Conference with the Bulls. Yeah, no no disrespect to your friend, but I'm going to say this would be a bad bet. Um, you kind of mentioned that Vucevic out being out and the Bulls going on a five-game road trip that they could probably have some trouble on the road. Just naturally a team playing that long on the road usually don't fare that well. I feel like paying, getting Billy Donovan not right now and betting him at 9-1 to one is just like betting a stock at its highest point. So it's a long season. I'd wait it out, maybe see if there's a lull, but the Bulls that maybe have an easy patch in their schedule where you can bet it. But after an 8-3 and three start to the season – I would have to look back to see what Donovan was before the year, but getting nine to one doesn't seem like good value at all. So I'd pass on that. Yeah. The only thing that you're risking, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but the the bulls seem seemingly still play well, even when a guy gets injured with someone like a Patrick Williams, if they do end up bruising teams through this stretch without Vucevic and going on the road and playing tough teams, you're not going to get these type of odds again. That that Those odds will definitely uh, go down um, against your favor for Billy Donovan being coach of the year because the Bulls are going to look good. Now, the odds that that happens, I don't know. I don't know if the Bulls are going to be able to get through the stretch of games over 500. Um, so you may just – I think the, the best thing to probably do would be wait until Vucevic comes back because the Bulls will probably be worse off until he makes an appearance back in the lineup. Yeah, I definitely would wait until after this five-game road trip where they could probably, you know, realistically go two and three and or one and four just because playing on the road in the NBA, even though it's the regular season, a little bit tougher. Uh, let's see other bets that we want to do. Attractive underdogs. <laughs> These are uh, some underdogs that they're looking a little tasty to you, Nate. Yeah, let's start off with college and. 
It'll be the third underdog to pair in the underdog money line parlay that hit last week. So we're going to take Minnesota and Virginia, as I mentioned earlier, and then pair them with Rutgers. Rutgers at plus 215 on the money line. They're a seven-point underdog. They're playing Indiana. Indiana just, you know, Ben, they're not the team currently constructed that should be trusted to lay this big of a number. I know it's at home, but you could also speak from experience. It's probably not going to be a well-attended game to see the uh, two and seven Hoosiers. I believe that's what the record is. uh, Take the field for an early kickoff, especially since basketball season started in Bloomington. So all the focus has turned on to uh, Mike Woodson's program, especially because Indiana will not be going bowling this season. So I like Rutgers a lot. Uh, You want to share your thoughts on that since you're a proud alum of Indiana university. Yeah, I don't want to get myself into the bad graces of uh, any IU people. But, yes, I I do think, and I I put it in the article, too, the the College Football Roundtable, that uh, I watched stadium.com, Rutgers Moneyline. I, I think that's, they're over two plus 200, which is the format for the article. And I think if you're going to bet on any long underdog this week, I think they have as good of a chance as anyone, like you said. I mean, it seems like. Most of the IU people are probably going to be checked out for this game. It's it's basketball season. Mike Woodson's back, and college basketball's back at IU, and the football team is back to being bad. So I, I just – and not only that, not only are the fan presence going to be there, but the team itself is – they've struggled with injuries. Their top two quarterbacks, of course, have been hurt, and they're talking about maybe being back this week, and the, the healthiest quarterback is going to be the one that's going to play according – um, to their head coach this weekend. But again, whoever plays, it's just, it's not a good team this year. It's a bad year for, for IU football and them getting seven, a touchdown favorite at home. A little crazy to me. All right. Let's go on with the other attractive underdog. And this is from the NFL ranks, a team that I like also against the spread. And it's the Detroit Lions plus eight. There's some eight and a half out there. Maybe not a money line play, but definitely against the spread play. Taking the Lions going to Pittsburgh, playing the Steelers. And this is pretty simple. We talked about Monday how the Steelers, we didn't like them in the favorite role, and that's why we took the Bears at plus seven on Monday night. So let's take that same approach and back the Lions here as an even bigger favorite for the Steelers, although the Lions are a worse team than the Bears. But the Lions, they're coming off a bye week. In games this year against some, you know, when they have to step up in class in games of big point spreads, most recently against the Rams. There was a game against the Vikings. They took them close. And then their game against the Ravens where they needed uh, the Ravens needed a 66-yard field goal to beat them outright. The Lions have played their best football when no one believes in them. And then when they go down in class, like against the Eagles, the Bengals, the Bears, they ended up getting blown out because those teams know they can have an easy victory because they're not going to get many. So I think the Lions can sneak up on a 5-3 and three Steelers team that I don't think is good as their record, especially with the Lions coming off the bye week. The Steelers, a short re- week because they played on Monday. There's a reason why, um, and, and another reason, the weather. If it's going to be an ugly day, I think you know there won't be a lot of points scored. And it's simple. Just when the Steelers are a favorite, this big of a favorite, just bet against them. So the <laughs> Lions make a, an attractive underdog for me in the NFL. We saw so many big underdogs win last week in the NFL. I think the Lions could be, maybe not win, but be dangerous. Let's just say I'd avoid the Steelers in any teasers because I think the Lions can kill a lot of, of those six-point teasers on Sunday. These are two teams I just I trust 0%. Trust zero, absolutely 0%. Hate both of them, the Lions and the Steelers. They both have lost me money this season. So 
I am staying far away from this. I like the idea behind the Lions and not trusting the Steelers as a heavy favorite. So I think if I'm leaning towards any side, it would be the Lions. But I can't do it, Nate. I'm sorry. I have the same feeling the Lions that I do the Eagles, where it's just I, I can't trust either of these teams to make me any money. But for your brunch time winner, that's a little bit more interesting for me, at least, because you're betting on that total in that game, which seems like it's going to be uh, probably an ugly game. Yeah, let's go Lions-Steelers first half under 22. It's what it currently is. I'd play this down to 21 and a half as the brunch time winner for NFL Week 10 on Sunday. It's an early game in Pittsburgh. We mentioned the weather report, chance of showers. Steelers, a team off a big Monday night win where they needed a field goal in the last minute to go to 5-3 and three against a, a not very good Bears team. But I can see them starting very slow in this game. And then the Lions off a bye. I'd imagine their defense has a very focused effort. There's not a lot of talent on that defense. But it's a defense that were absolutely dominated by the Eagles the last time out. So I expect a very focused Lions team and a slow start in Pittsburgh on Sunday. So Lions-Steelers, first half under 22 is what we'll grade it at. But by the time you listen to this, could be 21 and a half. That's fine. Taking 21 and a half is good for me for this brunch time winner this Sunday. Now that that's more like a bet I would make for a game like this. Just betting against both teams to do anything of value. That is that is a bet that I love for a game like this. Um, that is most of our bets for the weekend. Just to recap um, the bets that we had uh, or our best bets. So recapping our best bets for this show, I had the Michigan money line against Penn State for that 12 p.m. Eastern time start. I, I just think they are a better team overall than the Penn State Nittany Lions. I, and I have Purdue plus 12 and a half for the first half against Ohio State. I think they can stay with the Buckeyes for at least one half. And they may get blown out in the second half, but at least they'll have that first half, hopefully, to hang their hat on where they stayed with the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then in the NFL, Nate, my best bet is the Saints and the Browns six-point teaser um, from two and a half. Both teams at two and a half right now. Um, to eight and a half. So I think giving them a little cushion as underdogs with that six point teaser, I think should help them out. So Saints Brown, six point teaser for each Michigan money line and Purdue plus 12 and a half for the first half. All right. Going to do something a little bit different on the show and not give out a best bet, at least on the show, maybe over the weekend, I'll tweet something out and we'll, we'll get that posted. So you know what the best bet is for grading purposes, but there's a lot of games this week I like, but just nothing that really sticks out that much to, you know, Warrant a best bet. So going to just let you know what I bet and kind of do a recap of that. Penn State plus one, so I'm opposite with you on your Michigan best bet. Minnesota plus four and a half. Virginia plus five and a half if Brendan Armstrong plays. And then the NFL, Browns plus two and a half. Saints plus three. Eagles plus three. And Lions plus eight with the money line underdog parlay in college football. Minnesota, Virginia, and Rutgers. And then we just shared with you the brunch, brunch time winner. So definitely go back and listen to the podcast for any reasonings you need from me for those bets where I have a lot of picks this weekend and bets this weekend, but nothing enough to give a best bet. So I hope, you know, it's maybe a, not a, a, a good sign that I uh, am not that confident in this week, but I am confident. I just want to give out my best stuff, and those are the stuff I'll have the most money on, but not as much money as some of the past best bets that I've had uh, this season. Yeah, follow him on Twitter too. He'll be uh, he'll be posting some plays as well on Twitter as he gets maybe more confident throughout the weekend too. And the and for the brunch time winner on Sunday, maybe you'll have some more ideas for that one as well. Uh, but those are our picks for this weekend. Good luck to everybody.
Hopefully uh, a lot of wins are coming your way and coming the show's way as well. And we will be back with more next week. Mm-hmm.